I'll have some crack with Wells. I mean, I'm sure it'll, it won't stay in Wells. I'm sure it'll go where it needs to go. <laughs> Headstuff Podcast Network. Welcome to Mother Folklore Podcaster Words. Irish. Irish words. And words from Ireland. I'm Derek O'Shea. And I'm Heather O'Connor. Was that ASMR? Yeah, fuck them. It was. <laughs> ASMR. God, they've, they've, they've been getting pretty bad lately. D- who, the ASMR program? They have been getting very perverted and, oh. and defensive of, like, we've gotten a few messages from people who are into ASMR saying, We don't like your generalizations. When you call me a pervert, it makes me the bad kind of excited. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we can't be having that at all. Okay. okay, Apologies to all the ASMR fans out there. Been a a mad few days since we all last all caught up with you. In fact, and around the time of St. Patrick's Day, an interesting TikTok went the viral where an American druid of sorts, uh, or yeah, oh, yeah, I did. I saw. I, I'm not even. I'm not even on TikTok. I don't have a TikTok account, yeah. so I only see these TikTok videos when they when they make it onto old man Twitter, yeah. which is where I am. Mm. If they make it onto old man Twitter, then you, you know you've either done something really, really bad or really really great and this was really bad see when you when you're having a celebration on patty's day what are you really celebrating <laughs> is it a drinking it's my favorite part <laughs> or is it saint patrick killing the druids and destroying their books yeah burning their books yeah <laughs> yeah a society that didn't write anything and St. Patrick came and burnt their books. Look, I've had my say on St. Patrick several times, mm-hmm. right? Let us never ever forget that he was most likely a Welshman and, you know, mm-hmm. and all the baggage that that entails. Yes. Like, um, so, and yes, absolutely, was Christianity an undoubtedly brilliant thing to bring to Ireland? Uh, mixed bag. Mixed, mixed bag. bag. Uh, yeah, so, look, it's not, yeah, but I mean, when you're celebrating St. Patrick's Day, what are you really? It is the drinking. It, it's the drinking. Mm. It's just the drinking. That's all we're celebrating. A lot of us get a day off work uh, and the pubs aren't closed and it's just the drinking. That's all we're doing. Mm. We have traditional St. Patrick's Day activities like stepping over rivers of vomit in Temple Bar and, you know, telling tourists that we don't dye the beer or the rivers or anything else really green mm-hmm. for the day. Um, but yeah, that, that's it. Like, no, we're not celebrating the death of the ancient Celtic, Gaelic, pagan druids. Um, because, first of all, bananas. Uh, mad, mad TikTok altogether. And second of all, I mean, we're not even celebrating the... It's like, oh, when you're celebrating Christmas, what are you really celebrating? It's it's the presents. Let's be mm-hmm. fair. Like, we're celebrating loved ones and all this nonsense with the true meaning of Christmas. Like, nobody's talking about the birth of a guy in Palestine 2,000 years ago anymore. And if you are, fair play to you. And if that's what you get out of Christmas, great. And if, if St. Patrick converting 
you know, he wasn't even the first, by the way. He wasn't even the first. He was sent to, on a mission to Ireland to, to, to preach, first of all, to the Christians in Ireland. So there were Christians in Ireland. And Pladius the White had had a mission to Ireland long before him. So he wasn't even the first. He's just the one whose autobiography survived. So he became the most important. And he's got some pretty, there's some pretty good stories about St. Patrick, in fairness. There's really good ones about his crozier, like his staff, and like how he just apparently just kept stabbing people in the foot with it. Mm-hmm. But these these people were, were heathens. So they didn't realise that it wasn't part of the, the baptism. So they just stayed quiet as he impaled their feet. Um, what a which is just hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, to this day, the Irish people can't complain when their food is cold in a restaurant. It's like... No, no, it's grand. It's grand. It's grand. I'm just a little bit impaled in the foot. It's grand. It's grand. It's grand. Indeed. Oh, sure. He's. It seems that he had a grand old time in Ireland doing his thing. And, and as for the other theory about Mary Magdalene coming to Ireland but, to teach the Druids. Uh, yeah, but, okay, I'm just going to pull you up on this whole mm-hmm. thing. St. Patrick was enslaved. <laughs> He was an enslaved person, mm-hmm. if you believe the story. He was captured by uh, pirates, uh, Irish slave traders, and imprisoned and brought to Ireland, where he tended pigs on uh, was it uh, Schlieve Mish uh, up in 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 the north. Yeah. Like he, Saint Patrick. When you say he had a grand old time, he, cr- he was an enslaved person who escaped, uh, got his freedom, got off the island, trained to be a priest and came back on a mission. And look, to be honest with you, if he killed a few druids or burnt their books or stabbed a few people in the foot with, with his crozier, I mean, you can just can sort of consider it reparations. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. He was kind of due a bit of payback. It's probably druids who enslaved him. 100% the ancient pagan Celtic slave trading druids. Learning from Mary Magdalene. Definitely. <laughs> Learning from Mary Magdalene. Well, Let's say, um, yeah. Tell you. yeah. I will say one thing for TikTok. Hmm. Um, just so everyone is aware, everyone out there on TikTok is aware, there is more than one sea shanty out there, lads. Just a public service announcement like that there is more than one mm-hmm. sea shanty out there and, and that... Yeah. There are many. We could, we could, we could do it. Hearing a few of the other ones. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it's um. No, the, the sea shanty thing is, has been an interesting phenomenon. It's something I did not think was going to come back. But I mean, I thought I thought sea shanties were you know were done. I did, I, I just did not think that there was going to be. But it, in some ways, it makes sense. It's it was fitting for twenty twenty, and we're looking forward to hearing the other ones like row 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 your boat and in the navy. This is a. You are what? making, well, I, okay, so let me see, call and repeat, repetition, um, and songs about being on a boat, all of these are required for it to be a sea shanty, is that it? Or these songs technically count as sea shanties? Well, when the, the sea captain, the Simpsons, had an album of sea shanties uh, available for sale, some of the sea shanties included included in the Navy. And it, it is probably a sea shanty. Well, I mean, yeah, it's got the, it's got the, is it, is that what the technique's called? Call and repeat. Call and repeat, yeah. In the navy, yeah. we sail the, 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 the seven seas. In the navy, the ship will put your mind at ease. <laughs> in the navy, good God, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, come on and join your fellow man. Well, it's got a great, it's got, it's got a great hook. It's a bit after that, you know, they want you, they want you, they want you, they want you as a new recruit. Yeah. It's gas, yeah, San Francisco is a big naval town. 
Yeah, the Presidio is there in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, yeah, it is. It's also it's also just the fact that like the village people were looking for the most homoerotic professions they could have to you know record songs about cowboy, navy, builder. Yeah, anyone who goes to the YMCA. Yeah, who knew YMCA's macho men, macho men. A certain politician used that as political rallies last year. Uh, did he not know? You did. I don't know. Look, to be honest, who knows? If it's a politician, I think it is. Is it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. yeah no. I don't. Yeah. The guy we don't. We don't, don't need to talk about much. anymore. <laughs> yeah, because apparently fascism is over now. Yay, yeah, we're all clear. Right? Everything's we're fine. We can let our now. guard down because just it's just like in the last few minutes of a horror film, the great thing is when you think you've defeated the beast, that's when you're really, really safe. I think it's great. No more kids in cages. Now we just have minors in detention centers. It's all fixed. <laughs> so, Wells. <laughs> well, 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 well. Is that what we're talking about today? Yeah, we're talking about Wells. Ah, well, I mean, we could have gone. Actually, I'd probably ruin that for you because we could have gone from St. Patrick to Well, that, that was the plan because we have Wells. Yeah. So typically in, in Irish place names, we're, we're going back. We're visiting our, our Log Annam pals again. We are interested in place names with Wells, but also Wells in general. Irish Wells, Holy Wells, Special Wells, mm. the significance of Wells. Did you know Ireland's best-loved broadcaster, Ryan Tuberty? His name means the well of God. Tubber Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it? Mm-hmm. I did not. I did not. I didn't know. I thought Tuberty was some sort of a Huguenot concoction or something like that. Apparently not. I'd never really thought about it, to be honest. I spent as little time thinking about him as possible. I can't imagine. Except for except for my fan fiction. It's <laughs> <laughs> fan fiction when Ryan Tuberty is a vampire. No, God, no, no. I'll read some of it to you later. A vampire who joins a secondary school because that's what vamp- 300-year-old vampires do. Oh, I don't know. Where's the nearest secondary school? I just want to hang out there and <laughs> and beat the teacher history class because I know stuff that happened. Um, it's a, Oh, that's, um, that's a, whatchamacallit, Johnny Twilight, the vampire gang. There's several teenage vampire ones where they just do this. There's um, the Vampire Diaries as well has a very similar premise. Is that a, that's not the same author, is it? No, no, no. There was a, do you remember there was a whole section of the bookshop of supernatural of supernatural romance? I do remember that, yeah, and paranormal mm-hmm. romance. I do, I do. Yeah, right next to the young adult section. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's, I, I, was, I was reading this article once about how, like, apparently, and it reflects, like, politics in America. That when the Democrats are in power, it's all about zombies. And when the Republicans are in power, it's all about, uh, or maybe vice versa. When the Democrats are in power, it's all about sexy vampires. Mm. And when the, the Republicans are in power, it's all about zombies. That makes sense. I know the because the, the, um, zomb- the Romero era was kind of around the Nixon Ford time. Yes. And the, yeah, Reagan. And oh, yeah, that's that Reagan is about Reagan too. And then um, the, yeah, then when, when Clinton, the, um, the, Interview with a vampire was your interview with a vampire, but also the the Francis Ford Coppola um, Dracula would have been around probably the, his beginning. Oh yeah, with sexy Gary Oldman. Mm. Yeah, Gary Oldman. Yeah, was in it, and it was. I think. I mean, while I mean, it's actually relatively faithful to the book in some ways. Um, yeah. Keanu would probably. I respect the fact that he was going for it. He was trying to broaden his range. He wasn't the right guy for that role, but. No, it, it, look, I gotta be honest with you. Like some of the casting in that movie was god awful. Mm. 
but it's not a bad movie. Mm-hmm. And it is quite faithful to the book. Yeah. Like it is. Um, yeah, it, it is. And there are parts of it that are just thoroughly enjoyable. Um, but yeah, um, sorry, no, Keanu Reeves, hashtag not my Jonathan Harker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a very, would have been very interesting now to see that because um, I suppose, yeah, he, he took a lot of roles early on in his career and he's trying to shake off the Bill and Ted thing, which just weren't suited for him. And then when he just became the uh, the action guru, he, that's when he really found his niche. Um, I assume you're referring to John Wick as opposed to Speed. I love Speed. Then after Speed came The Matrix. Then after The Matrix came, he made a film called Man of Tai Chi, which he directed himself. And he cast this stunt choreographer in the main role because he just was obsessed with action so much. And then John Wick just turned out to be phenomenal. And, you know, it's, um, it's a hell of a legacy. I'd like to see, I'd like to see, um... Keanu give uh, Dracula another go like considering he's probably a better actor now and maybe he'd be able to do the English accent better and he looks exactly the same as he did when he did Dracula so many many years ago I mean, that film must be 30 years old close enough close enough 25 at least mm. and, and Keanu Reeves looks exactly the same Yeah. so I mean he's a vampire like there's no he'd be, dra- he'd be in, actually Dracula this time in 150 years, but he doesn't look old enough. In 150 years' time, Keanu Reeves will be sneaking into high school, secondary uh, secondary school history classes, you know, to argue with teachers. <laughs> Dude. Like, that's not that's not how the assault on the Capitol happened. <laughs> I was there. God, just the, the thought of how that's going to be taught, the thought of how our children correcting us and stuff we've lived through because of what some teacher told them in history class. <laughs> like, your teacher's a fucking idiot that did not happen <laughs> fake news son fake news but people are always um, marrying robots dad <laughs> what about like what if like all that QAnon nonsense like imagine if that wins and that becomes the history that's taught I mean oh, imagine if podcasts become a resource used in history class here we listen to two old men talking about the events of the time. What's, Apparently there was a bit of an obsession with sea shanties, or one sea shanty in particular. But that's the thing, is the, the idea of people going through the, the electronic rubble of what was once the Republic of Ireland and saying these people were, the Civil War of Ireland clearly happened about coddle. This is what they were disagreeing on. <laughs> that's what ultimately led to the... Um, Irish unification of 2024, as prophesied by the the, 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 the sage data in the documentary series Star Trek. <laughs> Good stuff. So, Pat, I... So, Wells, Wells yes. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well. Well, you, well, you look, you missed a trick, right? Because we could have gone from sea shanties into into Wells, because that, that sea shanty that's kind of overplayed is the Wellerman. Mm. Uh, uh-huh. See, yeah. See, see what I, I see did what there. You did there, yeah. See, the, there, yeah. So, Wells. Wells. So, of a recurring feature, I was just uh, looking at, at LogAnim.ie has a wonderful resource where you can look at the geographical distribution of certain place name features. And I thought, why are there so many Wells in Limerick? Why are there so many Well place names in Limerick? I hope you have an answer for that because I don't. There are a lot. Yeah throughout the whole southwest. I mean, stretching from the very tip of Corcovina, uh, right up into West Cork and up north into Limerick. And Limerick is littered with them. 
there are so many place names to do with Tubber or Well uh, around Limerick. And there's famously a few, like, you know, um, Sunday's Wells springs to mind. Um, there's lots of Sunday's Wells, actually. There's mm. Sunday's Wells in Kerry and Limerick and, and I think Clare and Cork as well. And the, the translation, I, I love the name Sunday's Well. Askaelga, it's Tubber Reondownig, which is the well of the king of Sunday. Mm. So, you know, the king of Sunday being God uh, or the king of the church. And uh, it misses that when you just call it Sunday's Well, it's not as cool as, as you know, the King of Sunday's Well, which which would be really nice. But there's lots of them. There's lots of places called Tubber or on Tubber. Um, and there's lots of places with Tubber that form part of the name. And I suppose if I was to hazard a guess, and, and maybe you'll correct me on this one, but like Wells would have formed a very important part of any kind of settlement, uh, you know, in, in early early pre-urban Ireland, shall we say. Uh, in particular, monasteries. The well would have been quite an important part of a monastery. And if that well was holy, like if it was blessed by the saint who founded or the patron of, or was the patron of that monastery, uh, probably doubly so. Um, so that might explain the proliferation of wells. You think so? Perhaps. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. That makes... Let us know. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that it is very interesting because there's such, it's such a high concentration. It must be down to something. And some of it could just be something as simple as the fact that, you know, they're near the the the, the kind of the mouth of the Shannon, that they had a lot of water and stuff like that. I know uh, Frank McCourt used to joke about Limerick's reputation for piety being... Um, Limerick's reputation for piety being misguided and that actually people went to churches to stay dry because it was such a wet place. I mean, that's that's the one thing that upset me most about Angela's ashes. It's like just feeds into the myth that Ireland is a is a a wet place, and really, realistically speaking, it's not. Mm-hmm. You know, Ireland is technically a desert. Oh, because it only it, yeah, it only rains twice a year. Unfortunately, it's from January wait, to wait, June. Wait, wait, wait. July Ooh. until December. <laughs> that's such a tad no, joke. Ireland is Ireland is drier. Ireland is 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 drier than um, some of our continental colleagues. Like I, I get into this argument all the time when people say, oh, "We can't possibly have a cycling culture in Ireland. We can't possibly have a cycling culture in Ireland. It's so wet." Mm. And it's like it rains here fewer days on average than Denmark, and they're you know, or, or the Netherlands, and they're famously bike friendly there and you know we can do it you just just don't be I'll tell you, you know, don't be so reticent don't be so hesitant before the pandemic wells before pandemic i was doing an, uh, doing an interview in town with some people from a swedish newspaper and when i went into the cafe where i was going to meet them i didn't you know how i knew them straight away apart from just you know it wasn't so much the swedish kind of blondness which they had but it was they had good quality rain gear and that's how they stood out from all the irish people around <laughs> That's probably why Ireland feels like it's the wettest and coldest country in the world, because we have no idea how to dress for any weather mm-hmm. at all, under any circumstances. Like, there's lads going around in t-shirts and shorts in December. The lads would slag same you, though. Lads, same, lads, same, same lads would be wearing hoodies in the middle of August. Splitting hot. The same lads, though, but the thing is that they'd be slagging you now. If you, if you had kind of good quality rain gear and wellies and you were going out on a day that it might rain, the slaggings the lads would give you. For, I mean, yeah, for wearing wellies. Wearing wellies. Your nickname will be wellies for the next 40 years. <laughs> your your son will be called Little Wellies. <laughs> wellies Og. Um, I have a pair of wellies that I wear when I'm going to the park um, because it's very mucky mm-hmm. at the moment. 
And, you know, I had to be convinced. Honestly, my wife had to convince me because I was like, no, it's grand. I'll just, I'll just ruin another pair of runners. It's fine. It's grand. It's grand. She said, put on the put on the fucking wellies. So I put on the wellies. And, uh, yeah, it's it's well worth doing. I don't care if people come. Please don't call me wellies. <laughs> Please do not call me wellies for the next 30, 40 years of my life. I, I couldn't. Speaking of 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 well, ease, yes, wells, um, yeah, <laughs> we are going to talk about wells. I mean, there's a few. So there's a few interesting because I thought I I was looking at, into why there are so many uh, wells in Limerick, and I found a text about holy wells in Limerick. And you know, it, it does go on. It does go on. It's written for a, um, but there were some interesting details in it which I thought it gave a list. It gave a list of story, the kinds of stories you, you do be having about wells, and it makes it mentions the infamous act to prevent the further growth of growth of popery, as well as prohibiting the riotous, riotous and unlawful assembling together of many thousands of papists at the, to the said wells and the places, and prescribing fines for people who met at wells for you know religious religious meetings, and this led to the destruction of some wells. And but they also say, but what the text also says is there's legends about wells which fall into a number of groups. As he says, we, we we told these wells and about one particular well. The following legends are associated with different wells, and he basically categorized all the well legends and versus the wells and worked out what it was. First typical kind of legend about wells is the well was desecrated by the washing of dirty clothes or a dirty animal in it. Whereupon it moved. That would that would be completely beyond the beyond. You couldn't be <laughs> watching a dirty are, animal. We're, we're talking about. We're talking about. Well, look. Okay, right. <clears throat> Let's just. I'm going to break in here with it with a comment yeah. here. A lot of either tradition or superstition or religion mm. makes sense in context. Yes. Like why why would why would for example Judaism insist on kosher foods? Because if, you know, if your religion is formed round about the time you guys are, are fleeing Egypt to get back to the, the Holy Land and you're in the middle of the Sinai Desert, maybe it's not a good idea to eat shellfish. It probably isn't. And you probably yeah. find that so, pork doesn't last very long. Yeah, exactly. Pork doesn't last very long, so it's not good to eat that. And so that makes sense in essence. The That's why so many, so many religions um, are, you know, like not down with, with, with uh, marriage equality. Because at a certain point in your population's genesis, when they're starting out and you're surrounded and beset on all sides, it makes sense to propagate, to grow the population. So you don't want people to be not growing the population. So in essence, I don't agree with it, but it makes sense. Now, wells, think about it. Outside of the holiness of wells, outside of this, these uh, sanctified, beatified wells, what do you use a well for? Getting water. Exactly. So what do you want? That's your drinking water. That's your cooking water. You want some clown coming along washing his horse's arse in it. <laughs> or his scanties. <laughs> his dirty scanties. His skid-marked wife runs. You don't wash them in my well. No. no. So, of course, it's bad luck. It's bad luck. It's just like spilling salt. Why is spilling salt bad luck? Because it was expensive. It was the most expensive thing you had. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that makes sense to me. Sorry, go ahead. What else happens in wild? The second legend is where a fish lives in a well. There's a couple, couple of fish-related characters here. The, those who see the fish will be cured or have their request granted. So the idea is, oh, it's lucky to see a fish, you know, and it is lucky to see a fish because fishing is hard. The second one, the next one is a fish, a fish take that the myth is that a fish was taken from the well innocently had to be put back or maliciously with ill results for the taker. The idea is don't be messing. 
perhaps use different water for fishing than we use for drinking is probably reasonably yeah. good advice. That's reasonably good advice. But the like the other thing is like if you see a fish in a well, someone's taking the piss. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> that fish can if, you see, if you see a fish in an inland well yeah. that is that tapping into a spring, um someone's taking the piss. Like they've just been down to super value. They've just bought an entire monkfish and slipped it in. And they're standing behind they're standing behind a rock, going like Daruk, I am the fish of the holy well. I will grant you three wishes. If you <laughs> drop your jocks. <laughs> Bad things will happen to you. That, that, there was um, a delay. Yeah. The, so, the Jack Lynch tunnel when it was being built was delayed because some UCC students snuck in at night and just put a fish there, a dead fish there in the bottom of the tunnel. And, and that is amazing. <laughs> that is just the cleverest thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm told. That they, I'm told that they are medical students. So. Who knows? That is just those, those jokers are probably fighting the pandemic right now, and we salute them. Well done. Thank you for your service and for the fish prank. Hello, I'm Emma Jane from Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. I have some unbelievable guests on the show like Paul Meskel, James Cavanagh, Georgina Campbell, the list just goes on. And of course, we'd be mad to take failure too seriously, so every week I have 20 questions in front of me numbered at random. Most are straightforward, however, some are a little more unconventional. And in the spirit of failure, my guest can pick the numbers. They might not like the results, but life's not fair and neither is my podcast. So the next one is water taken from the well will not boil or water taken from the tree at the well will, or wood taken from the tree at the well will not burn. The idea is that, yeah, well, these, that are, these are, yeah, these are, that this is, these are very good ideas. It's a special place. Prevent people from taking, yeah, pr- but also, you know, say this about your well so that people don't chop down the tree or like, so a lot of these wells, certainly the one near me, there's one very, very close to, to my house. Um, and it's got a rag tree beside it. And rag trees, hawthorn trees are supposed to have magical properties as well. So, I mean, if you don't want somebody chopping down your magical hawthorn tree or taking the water out of your well, just say that it's useless. It won't boil for you and the wood won't burn. Yeah. Great idea. That makes sense. It, it fits in with a context. The, the, and that st- storytelling has a practical root. Walter Benjamin used to say that, said that in Illuminations. Walter Benjamin was a very popular kind of um, philosopher when I was in college and he's been completely debunked or dismissed since then. Is that an, is that an oxymoron? Sorry, popular. Philosophy. Well, in terms of he was popular with with literary criticism that was was taught at universities <laughs> okay, in the mid nineties, yeah. so mid to late nineties. He was never he was never popular. Yeah. Popular. Like, he was he widely wasn't... referred to. This is at the time, yeah. like at the time, you know, there was. But he wasn't cool. The memory of the co- of the Berlin Wall coming down was still fresh, and Marx was briefly unpopular in universities. You're so old. I know. Can you imagine? Uh, sorry, what did he say? Anyway? Well, basically just that. <laughs> About storytelling. <laughs> yeah. The, basically the, the art of storytelling is ultimately an art of relaying practical information. And the story lasts sometimes beyond the, the practical purpose of the story. And then we, we actually do find we get to the root of a folktale. There is a, there's usually practical advice in there. But I'll, I'll have more on that in a minute. Well, I mean, look, we know, we know in Ireland, like we know in Ireland that it was how, for example, laws were passed on from generation to generation. Because you remember St. Patrick in the TikTok video, he burned all the books. Oh, yeah. So they didn't have anything written down. So they had to, um, they had to, they, they had to like invent stories. So 
I'm sure there's some reason why taking a magic fish out of a well is bad luck. There's probably some reason around, like, don't take another person's fish. You know, it's probably in there, like, yeah, that's my fish, my well, hands off. There's probably some brand law that has something to do with it. But yeah, yeah, stories. So a lot of the ones that we have are, are, are mm-hmm. maybe the moral lesson is gone. Like, they're not exactly all categorized like Aesop, like with that. Hey, what's the moral of the mm. story, Aesop? Yeah, Aesop's, a, Aesop's yeah. an interesting one, right? Because some of his stories did actually um, were kind of re- recorded at Oskelga at the time. We, we have a little do, we'll visit Aesop again. But one of the stories, the next one, is that a recurring um, story about a particular well that in different parts around is that an unbeliever, a heathen, uh, would take a blind horse around the well to make fun of it. And in mocking the horse by taking it around, and then afterwards the horse was cured and the believer was struck blind. So a lot of these wells, um, the magical effect or the or the holy effect that they're supposed to have is on the eyes. Yeah. Uh, the one the one near me, Saint Bridget's Well, is supposed to be good for the eyes, uh, and also seen as a holy site. And I know we discussed it on the episode where we had Sinead Mercier in to talk about uh, Ringforts. Um, we were talking about holy wells as well, and a lot of them were used as consecrated ground uh, or sort of unconsecrated, consecrated ground or consecrated, unconsecrated ground. Basically, a place where you know mothers could bury unbaptized babies who died before they could be baptized, and the church wouldn't wouldn't acknowledge them. So these wells served a valuable purpose in that regards, but also. The folk tale is there that the water is good for the eyes. And if somebody was mocking that, obviously you wouldn't want somebody to be mocking that, that very strong held mm. folk belief. So if somebody was mocking it, you just come up with a story about this. There's this gobshite that was mocking the well and he led a blind horse around to the well and sure didn't the well cure the horse and make him blind. There's a great this story. Is a pre- That's got it all. This is it because my mom was very fond of the old... Um cautionary tales and I remember once she was telling me there was a bit it was very popular um, when I was young to get hula hoops and to basically put the hula hoops on the ends of your fingers and bite the hula hoops and man was terrified oh you can't be doing that you can't be doing that that is that is the way to eat hula hoops oh, it's, 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 it's absolutely it's regal it's, it's the food of kings you can be pretty sure that if you went to chapter one like that will be served as a course you mean hula hoops on the ends of one's fingers and <laughs> well no if you go into chapter one I've got a Michelin star so it's hula hoops on the end of the waiters <laughs> they stand there patiently waiting for you to my mum told me you know, anyway that there was a there was a boy who did this and he bit off with one of the, the end of one of his fingers and that was it and he wasn't laughing and my younger brother to his credit said ma'am that boy doesn't exist. The audacity, and Mam said he does, and then looked straight in the eyes. His name was Billy McNamara, and we was like Billy McNamara. It was such a made-up name. We just laughed our heads off. And but yeah, it turned out then. And anytime Mam would come up with one of these cautionary tales about you know a boy who went on a gap year and it came back in in massive debt and had to take a take the worst job instead of a sensible career and was ruining for his life. Saying, was that Billy McNamara, Mam? <laughs> and all the other things. <laughs> so anyway, now, more, another Billy McNamara story when he's not is a blind person. Oh, this is a nice one. A blind person dreamed of a cure at the well. They fell asleep near the well. They dreamt and they woke up and they're cured. Or ah uh, yeah, the good the good stories the good stories. I just I'm sorry the Billy McNamara thing. I was really hoping that at some stage 
a man with only half a little finger on his left hand who has worked a series of shitty jobs whose name is Billy McNamara walked into your life. <laughs> Funny enough, I just really, it's not too late. If there is, if there is a Billy McNamara out there with half a finger from a hula hoop eating incident who went on his gap year to South America and regrets it and has worked a series of shitty jobs as a direct result. If you're out there, Billy, please make yourself known. Come on the podcast. Tell Derek. Yeah, please that, do. That, you know, his mommy was, was telling the truth. And if you're, if Billy McNamara is also the, the person who's going out with an attractive young woman who happened to be doing a bit of um, science, scientific research in college, and they went to a well-known fast food restaurant, they bit into a burger, thought the burger tasted odd. She took it to her lab and there was like rat DNA in it. <laughs> if, if that's the same Billy McNamara too, if she, if Billy McNamara is involved in all these urban myths, then... <laughs> I hear if you say Billy McNamara three times in front of the mirror, he appears. Well, something else happened. Something <laughs> else happened to Billy McNamara because I was looking at the Dugas site here and there was a story about a fish because I was thinking I wanted to find out more about this fish. This isn't Billy McNamara, is it? it? Is it? This is basically, there's a story here now in respect of, hang on now. Where's my fish story on? Oh, here it is. Oh, this goes about my man named Sweeney. So this isn't Anduka study. This is one of the stories recorded. I was doing some research on the wells and it led me down to a, a well wormhole, which led me to this guy called Sweeney who's coming home late one night from a neighbor's house in Kurchin. A big shower of rain came. He went for shelter in a white thorn hedge. Badder, what happens with white thorns? Oh, nothing good happens with white thorns. Sure. Nothing good. You're just you're asking for trouble. The white thorn is like it is a shocking place. And he, Sweeney knew this himself. He said, he said aloud, this would be a likely place for a ghost. <laughs> I mean, if you're in the story, why would you say that? He, why in the name of God would you say that? Out imagine loud? being like that, that thick. Anyway, no sooner were the words out of his mouth than out stepped a big fish. He went towards home and the fish was in hot pursuit. The fish followed him ever afterwards, if he happened to be out between sunset and sunrise. The fish always kept on his left side, and if another person walked at his left side, the fish was not to be seen. It was supposed that the guardian angel, the other person, kept on his left side and kept off the fish. The fish was supposed not to be able to go on his right side since his own guardian angel was guarding him on that side. So isn't that mad? He just he he took shelter under a white thorn bush and spent the rest of his days being chased by a fucking fish. I can't get over out walked a fish. <laughs> How did that even happen? It's pure mad. Like, what did the fish? No, I need to know. Did the fish float adjacent to? It's what was his name? Sweeney. Sweeney, Sweeney. is his name. And I'm just look. I'm looking at the actual handwriting here to make sure that there was no misunderstanding. It is yes. It is definitely a big fish. That is just chasing him around <laughs> for the rest of his days, and he can only go out at except night. When, except when, except when somebody walked on his left. Mm -hmm. Well, because their guardian angel was on their right and would get in the way, so the fish couldn't coexist in the same space as somebody's guardian. It seems very convenient that any time anybody walked beside him, nobody could see a fish, <laughs> and the fish was only there when Sweeney was on his own. That's amazingly convenient. He's just being chased mm -hmm. by a fish when he's on his own. God. So Sweeney, tell me, <laughs> you get chased by a walking fish. Yes. But only when you're on your own. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. I mean, I'm, the obvious <laughs> thing is, and this is the big thing, if, if you're being chased by a fish, the thing is to do is to take a bath in the sea, go in the water, and then the fish will go. But Sweeney didn't think that. 
Like the fish is obviously like the fish might. appears to be out of water unless Sweeney is himself. I look the fish walked from behind a white thorn bush. <laughs> like I like I I would probably actually question whether or not it was a fish in the first place on account of the walking and the not coming from a an aquatic area. Mm. But if indeed it was a fish, it doesn't seem like this fish is naturally drawn to the ocean. No. Where's that story from? This story, I'll tell you now. It's sounds like a loud thing. It's uh, uh, Leitrim, as a matter of fact. How about that? Oh Jesus! Sure. How about that? Well, Leitrim has the small, the shortest fucking coastline of any county with a coastline. So, but it does have the river. What's? It does have the Shannon. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Does it have any wells? It has one or two, doesn't it? Has a few wells. It has a few wells. It's very close to. It's very close to Sligo, and of course, there's a famous well in Sligo, Tupper Curry. A very famous well. Which well, people love the sound of, Asperla, in English, because it sounds like something you order from a takeaway restaurant. <laughs> you have a Tupper Curry. Um, but yeah, it's a lovely place, actually. It's a lovely place. Well, well, well. But I'm, no, I can't get over the walking fish. So if you find a fish in a well, yeah. that's bad luck. Yeah. Uh, if somebody takes the fish out of the well, no, if you find a fish in the well, it could be good luck. It, yeah. it could be good for you. If you take the fish out of the well, it's bad luck. Yeah. If you are sleeping in a white thorn bush and a fish walks around the corner, if a walking fish comes out of a white thorn bush and follows you around for the rest of your life, doesn't really say if it's bad luck or good luck, just that it was there. And I wonder, because he, he, Sweeney was just after saying this, this is a likely place for a ghost. So it could be a ghost fish. A ghost fish. Do you reckon it was just an excuse by Sweeney to explain away the reason he was always smelly? Well, it remi- can you smell? It re- can you smell? Can you smell trout, Sweeney? Oh, that'd be the magic fish that came out of a bush there. A white thorn it walked around from the fish walked. Sweeney did it. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, it walked around the corner from the white thorn bush. Sweeney, have you ever seen a fish? <laughs> <laughs> It, it may have been an excuse why he had to come home so late every night to his wife when he's out, out for refreshments. It does remind me of a story by, uh, what was that? Because um, he was waiting for the fish to walk. <laughs> he's waiting for the fish to fuck off. Before we wrap up, Pat, is there anything that's uh, that's amusing you in the podcast world or the Irish language world or anything you'd like to enlighten our listeners about? Yeah, actually, um, absolutely head over heels in love with Shukra, a performance piece done by Roxana Niclaim, uh with Axis Ballymon. Um, she did it with Cahal McInvaha and it is just incredible, uh, like a, an ode to the language, an ode to the, to, to the Irish language by uh, genuinely one of Ireland's most talented actors at the moment. Uh, she's just, she's absolutely brilliant and it is an amazing piece. It's kind of like half poem, half, um, you, I want to say call to arms. It's absolutely incredible. It's really, really beautiful and well done. Well done to everyone involved. It's stunning. And you can see it on YouTube. It premiered, uh, I think last Monday and, uh, or Tuesday, uh, this week, it premiered this week and you can see it on YouTube. Shukra by Roxana Nicolaeum. It's brilliant. Yeah, we're very excited about that. Uh, Rick, Roxana is a friend of the show and we will put that link to that in our show notes because you all got to check it out. Well, until the next time. Peter, thank you very much for joining me this evening and it's a slum from me. Akaslam Wamsha. 
you enjoyed today's episode of Motherfuck Lore. The podcast comes out every Friday on the Headstuff Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, to Brian for producing and to Kirsten Shield for the amazing artwork and to each and every one of our Patreon subscribers. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you want to find out about the benefits of subscribing, go to patreon.com forward slash Derek. We record the podcast on remotely.fm. We recommend it for people who want to make their own podcasts. If you want to contact the show, please do send us a voice note on the WhatsApp number in our show notes. We would love to include that in a future episode. In the meantime, Slugafall. Slugafall. Bye. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, Patter here. So one of the mysteries in this episode was why are there so many Holy Wells in Limerick and to a lesser extent West Kerry and the good people at Luganum.ie got in touch to actually answer that for us. And the reason is that the research has been done there. There are, of course, many hundreds, if not thousands, of holy wells and place names involving the word Tober all around the country. And it's just that an extensive amount of work cataloguing them has been done in Limerick, in particular in the 1970s. So... That answers the mystery. The wells are everywhere. We just wrote them down in Limerick. Uh, thanks, as always, uh, to the team at Luganum.ie, um, who are also the same team at Dulchus.ie, where we get a lot of inspiration for the episodes of Mother Folklore. So do check out those two websites. A fantastic resource. Luganum.ie on the place names of Ireland and Dulchus.ie on all the lore associated with them and all of the folk tales and the fables and the you know the oral histories of places. So well worth checking out. Because Gramila Mila Maka.